Mobile Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are fluctuating between gains and losses amid a flurry of corporate earnings. Brent crude sliding below $50 a barrel for the first time since March, and the route in metals prices has worsened. But the S&P 500 index higher by a point now at 2389. That is a gain of one-tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials down 12, a drop there of one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ higher by three to 6,075, a gain of just about one-tenth of one percent. We've got the tenure down 10, 30 seconds. The yield, 2.35 percent. Gold tumbling $22 the ounce to 12.26, a drop there of 1.8 percent. Crude, major story today. West Texas Intermediate now down 5.1 percent. It is down 2.42, the barrel to 45.40. Brent crude at 48.27, down 5 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. It is 2.48 on Wall Street and 11.48 on the West Coast. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Jonathan Bernstein, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Donald Trump this week threatened a September government shutdown over Senate filibusters. Let's work through this. First of all, it's safe to say that a president who has party majorities in both chambers of Congress and who threatened a shutdown would, in fact, be blamed if a shutdown actually happens. That leaves him with little leverage. Second, if Trump wanted a shutdown, he could have one right now by vetoing the bill funding the government through September, making his threat even less intimidating and increasing his reputation as a paper tiger. Third point, Trump and his White House aides are sending completely different messages, further lowering his leverage. It's clear that Trump is pinning the blame on the filibuster instead of his own inept bargaining and the normal frustrations of legislating in a system of separated institutions sharing powers. An extended September shutdown isn't likely, but if Trump decides his reputation on the line, it is possible he could back himself into one without public opinion on his side. I'm Jonathan Bernstein. For more view, please go to BloombergView.com or View Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. Look at your commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time and also at 548, 848, and 1148, all Wall Street time. Yeah, we could be seeing some more volatility in the markets, maybe even in the healthcare space, considering what we just got out of Washington. As we mentioned, uh, we did see the House uh, passing uh, a repeal in Obamacare, but now it goes off to the Senate, so we'll see what's next. Let's talk about the markets. Let's talk about the healthcare space. Ryan Dietrich is back with us, senior market strategist at LPL Financial, on the phone from Charlotte, North Carolina. Ryan, good to have you back here with uh, Corey and myself. Let's start, though, with the news out of Washington. The House Republicans mustering just enough votes to pass their health care bill uh, just uh, moments ago. Health care. When you look at the sector, what are you anticipating in terms of policy change? Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me back. But you're right. So this vote just passed. We're all just digging in. And the bottom line is, you know, it passed in the House, but we still have to go to the Senate where there's still a lot of uncertainty. But just bigger picture, when you talk about health care, clearly it's been a group that's been beaten down for the most part. A lot of good valuations there. And to us, potentially, someone wants to you know, buy and hold for a while. It's still a group that has a lot of potential upside should any positive news finally come into the group here. So uh, what, what positive news in particular uh, jumps out at you? 
Sure. Well, let's just say we can get this health care bill uh, passed. You know, that's obviously been kind of holding things back. Look at biotech. I mean, biotech clearly is a big group when you talk about health care. Biotech quietly has been starting to lead all of a sudden. And, again, that's maybe positive for health care in general, but also biotech's one of those risk-on areas for the overall market. And with biotech finally starting to show some improvement, we think that's um, you know definitely a positive step in the right direction for health care and markets in general. Biotech is up about 19.5 percent. Uh, so far in 2017, but it's not been easy. It's been bouncing around a little bit. That's exactly right. I mean, we all remember you know, the Hillary tweet a couple of years ago, and biotech was breaking down ahead of that back in 2015. And clearly, there's finally been some more positives on the earnings front. We can get into earnings, but earnings have been positive across the board on biotech. And just from a technical point of view, underperformed for a while. Now some outperformance, and sometimes these things move in cycles, and that's a definite positive, we think. So even though it's moved up, you still think it's a buy technically? We do. You know, biotech is definitely an area we continue to like. Now, you know, there's other areas we can get into, but with biotech, given how much it underperformed for such a long time, this bounce very well could be, you know, what's called the second or third inning, and maybe there's still some more legs to it here. Ryan, I, when I was uh, uh, on the other side of the business and was uh, shorting stocks, I would never short based on valuation. And yet, when I look at the valuation of the S&P 500, uh, I just see, you know, some extreme values in price to sales, even price to earnings now, uh, getting way up there. And I wonder how you re- react to that uh, that the inherent risk in the market right now? Well, that's a great question. Now, we've done the studies, you know, one to two years out. Honestly, valuations truly do not matter when it comes to future equity returns. You talk five to ten years out, of course, that potentially can be a concern. But when you have, you know, I just saw, you know, 13% year-over-year earnings growth in the first quarter, and with inflation so low and interest rates so low, to us, valuations, sure, they're a little stretched, but maybe they're not as stretched as people think when you don't put things in such a vacuum and you consider sure. how low right, rates are. But you've got are. a price-to-sales ratio that you haven't seen since uh, – uh, 1999. No, well, exactly. And again, that, that's why at LPL we. Think, I would say it's you know, not a little stretched. No, it's not a little stretch. You're exactly right. But again, look at market sentiment. You know, the AAII poll, the bulls came in. We're looking at over two years. The bulls have been beneath 50 percent. People are still doubting this market. Yes, we're at near near all time highs. But every time we get a little bit of a pullback, all that fear comes in. You talk 99. We didn't see it at 99. Clearly, there's a different outlook on on markets and what the future could hold then versus now. And all in all, you know, we still we still like U.S. stocks here. We still think this bull market's alive and well. But you know, there's potential that. You know, with the, with the stretch valuations, it'll be capped a little bit. Um, you know, not just wildly going straight up, and and that's why you kind of look at different sectors like small caps, for instance. You know, they've underperformed. We think small caps could finally take the baton back from large caps here as the economy continues to kind of improve a little bit, and as things kind of jockey around and the volatility comes in, also. I mean, small caps have also. Forgive me, I was trying to do some numbers here. I mean, they're up about nineteen percent or so from just before the elections. Well, you're right, Carol. Now, again, year-to-date, you know, they're up at about 1%. So in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, small caps had very significant moves when you look at the Russell 2. Obviously, the first quarter and so far this year, they've really gone sideways. Also, financials. I mean, honestly, they're very similar. Both the two Trump trades, financials yeah. and small caps, very similar. But both of those groups, again, we like them because we know technology is done well. Some other groups have done well. Maybe it's time for these these um, kind of laggards, at least near-term laggards, to, to again, kind of take that baton and move forward with the valuations, at least on financials, 
still, in our opinion, still look pretty good with um, you know potentially 20% year-over-year earnings growth in the first quarter, the top-performing group when it comes to earnings growth and financials so, here so far. So, Ryan, the sell-in may go away technically, historically. <laughs> this is not usually um, the next good, you know, the next five to six months for stocks are usually not so hot. Uh, you're kind of blowing that off a little bit? Well, I wouldn't say we're blowing it off. We're aware that when you look at history, clearly the last few years, that's when the volatility has happened. But, for instance, when the year starts off good, like this year, we're up more than 5% after the end of April on the S&P 500. Looking at those next six months, the usually bearish six months, uh, you will have almost a 4% average return, again, when the year starts off strong versus just over about a 1% average during the worst six months. So, a good start to year can be a continued good year. The other thing I'll throw in there, look at the presidential cycle. This is a post-election year. Out of the four-year presidential cycle, the post-election year has the best returns from the May to October period. So, you know, these are just two little things, but when you consider how strong a lot of the, again, in our opinion, the earnings still look good, valuations are stretched, but not all the way. Still a good deal of skepticism, in our opinion, on the market. We we would not suggest selling in May going away this year. There's still a lot of opportunity, we think. Well, it's still a nice time of the year to take a vacation. I strongly encourage you to do that, Ryan. Get out there. Have some fun. Ryan Dietrich, the senior market strategist at LPL Financial, joining us from lovely Charlotte, North Carolina. Listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm at Corey TV on Twitter. She's at Carol Masser on Twitter. I am indeed. And this is Bloomberg Radio. I'm because- what? 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 Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is the right <laughs> Always competent. Oh, competitive.